Welcome to Neighbor of Spotlight. I'm Carol Malone, your host. Thank you for joining us today. Neighbor of Spotlight showcases citizens making positive contributions to their neighborhoods. My guest today is Mr. Tom O'Brien, Program Director of Neighborhood Connections. This show was a long time in the making and could not have been possible without your support. Thank you, Tom, and welcome to the show today. It's good to be here. Thanks and for inviting me. it's good to have you here. <laughs> we talked about this for a long time, and now been. here we are. Before we get started, I would like to share with our audience a little something about my guest today. Tom O'Brien is Program Director for Neighborhood Connections, an innovative, nationally recognized community building program and the largest small grant program in the nation. Tom was a community organizer in Cleveland's Slavic Village, where he worked for five years assisting residents with community building initiatives, leadership development, and campaigns around important issues. Prior to moving to Cleveland, he served on the staff of the Jesuit Volunteer Corps, Northwest, recruiting, training, and assisting full-time volunteers in Oregon and Washington. God, it sounds beautiful. I know it was lovely up there, wasn't it? It was beautiful, yeah. I know. Yeah. I can imagine the trees. I'm a tree lover. Yeah. Now, I know you're a modest guy, but I would like to quote from an article that appeared in the Campus District Observer. He is the right person in the right position at the right time. There are many issues challenging our society today that need to be addressed. As a result of your leadership, Neighborhood Connections is doing just that. When and why was Neighborhood Connections founded? Well, thanks. And thanks for having me here. Oh, it's a pleasure. Uh, Neighborhood Connections was started in 2003 by the Cleveland Foundation. And the Cleveland Foundation saw a need. They had invested a lot of resources into uh, physical development through the community development corporations. Mm -hmm. And they said, we need to invest in human capital and what people can do. So they looked around at different uh, models of grassroots grant making, and they developed Neighborhood Connections. Um, and so its first name was called SPIN, Supporting People in Neighborhoods. Oh, I like that. And then it didn't, they changed it before it was unveiled. Um, and so they did a lot of listening to people saying, you know, what would make a good grassroots grant program around the city. Finding and then out what folks wanted. What folks wanted, and then they developed it. And then they put, they, they placed it outside of the foundation. So they placed it in an incubator, nonprofit incubator called Sweet 1300. And the idea was that this would give Neighborhood Connections more freedom to innovate and to try new things and uh, without having to be in the kind of bureaucracy of the foundation. Yeah. So, so And I think that's a unique feature of Neighborhood Connections. It is, yeah. So that's a unique fe feature. So we have a lot of freedom to innovate and to, to try things without... Um, you know, with a lot, not control from the foundation. And then the other thing is residents make the grant-making decisions. So they make all the funding decisions, which is really unique. Most of these Very programs extremely. most of these programs around the country are run by foundations or by professionals who make the funding decisions. And this is grassroots leaders who serve three-year terms and are uh, nominated from the community. And we've had over 100 people serve on the committee over the years. So it's been really successful. Yeah, I know. I enjoyed my time a great deal. <laughs> yeah, I, you're I really welcome did. to come back anytime. I'd love to. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so let's talk about the Neighbor Up Network. Our show is called Neighbor Up Spotlight for that very reason, because of the network. The network was established in 2012 with more than 1,200, 1200 members. Excuse me. Every month, residents come together to share information and collaborate. How did this practice come about? So one of the things with the, the grants program is they're really identifying a lot of people out there doing amazing work. 
um, on projects all over the city. Residents. Yeah, there's a lot going on. A lot going on. A lot going on. And so in looking at that and saying there's really no place for them to get together, to learn from each other, to support each other, and to act together. And um, so, so that's why the network was developed. It, it was developed because it was really, it's really about building power, right? And it's about building power in the community. And there needed to be a space where people could come together to say, what do we want? How do we make that happen? Right, and so so we started doing network nights in um, Greater University in University Circle, um, and then things kind of flowered out of that. Um, and so the network started really at the end of 2012 mm -hmm. was uh, the beginning of it, and then people just started coming, and things have blossomed out of that. So people yeah, come you guys together have to a talk. Tremendous turnout every month. Yeah, people come and then they start working together and and so like things have have developed out of that like a jobs pipeline with university hospitals. Yes, which is we have great successes. Yeah, people A lot of people hired. Yeah, a lot of over 200 people hired and or nearly 200 people hired to full-time jobs with benefits and living wage and um you know, so the idea was people were talking about jobs at the big institutions. They came together, mm -hmm. said, how do we do more of that? And they created this template of what a jobs pipeline would look like, some of the barriers to employment, and then met with university hospitals and towards employment and uh, got it done. So Yeah, I, I, I am going to be uh, interviewing Amanda Harris. Oh, and um, she's in a fabulous bio. And just in terms of how it changed her life totally. Oh, that's great. And um, how she's recommended friends, and each one of her friends has been hired oh, good. Uh, by going through the program. Good. So yeah. that's that, without bringing people together to have these conversations yeah. um, and then connecting them with some of the institutions to have conversations about that and to say, how can we do this together? These things wouldn't happen. And the same is happening with education, yeah. with he health equity, on racism, all kinds of different issues that affect people. In addition to people just getting to know each other and supporting each other as well. Well, yeah, because so. Neighborhood Connections is doing a lot and covering a lot of areas. And not only that, you 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 trust people to know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Right. Know, a lot of times organizations don't, big organizations don't do that. Right. You don't have to have a PhD. You don't have to have a master's. Right. You just have to have the intention, the passion, and the will and the desire to get something done for your community. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the big mistakes and a lot of what's happened over the years in the United States and the world is there's been a dependence on professionals and, and uh, people with degrees having to lead everything. Yeah. and. I think the people we've forgotten the most are the people who most affected and that they have tremendous ability and talents and gifts and given the opportunity, uh, things can really change. They need to drive the change. Yes. And and so too much is done to people or for people, but not with people. Yeah, that's true. And, and so our, our whole focus is how are, how is this of the people, by the people, right? So yeah. the people who are most affected benefit from it. And drive the change, and that's what we're looking to do—to support that, to support people doing that in the community. Well, you're doing an excellent job. Thanks. Could Thanks. you talk about the ideas that people, place, and systems matter? Yeah. So I, th I think the first with individuals and people, people um, matter. They're the heart of community, right? They're the heart of society, true, right? And they're the major, the greatest asset we have, and. My belief in neighborhood connections, we believe that everybody has gifts of the head, the hands, and the heart. And people are just waiting to be called. Waiting to be asked. And waiting to be asked, right. And say, right. what can I do? How can I participate? Who's going to recognize me and hear me and see me as valuable? And, and when, people, when people 
see themselves that way and other people see them that way, then it changes the dynamic, right? Not as mm-hmm. a seeing person as broken, right? But as or as a problem to be solved, but as a person with great gifts and can bring those to the community. And we all have our problems too, every everybody single one does. of us. Everybody does. But we also have tremendous everybody has tremendous gifts. So so people matter. They're at the heart of what we do. This is about people. And the idea is if we bring people together mm-hmm. in place around like a certain geographic location, um, like Cleveland or Greater Cleveland. Right. And, um, then, and the work that you do in, in Huff and the work that's, that's happening in Buckeye. Yeah, and right. in specific neighborhoods, things, ideas are going to spark. People are going to talk and say, well, let's talk about this, and ideas are going to spark, and they're going to try different things and innovate around different different issues that may come up. So. So the place matters. Like we have something in common. We're all about right. this neighborhood or the street or right. this greater Cleveland or Cleveland or East Cleveland. Or, so let's come together and so make let's it come, better. Yeah. yeah. And if we create, if there's the right environment to do that, where people are free to say, this is what I think, this is where I think we can make a difference and, and feel supported in that, then I think it, it can change. You know, too many of the play, meetings around place are some official coming in and saying, well, this is what you need to do, or this right. is what we're doing. Right. What do you think? Right. right? Or instead, here's the plan. Right. Instead of inviting the, the residents to the table. Say, right. Hey, we'd, like right. To, we'd like some feedback from you. Absolutely. So a big part of this is really getting, I always pictured like, before I came to Neighborhood Connections, I always, and I loved the grants, but I always saw the grants as being like at the kids' table, right? Here are the grants. You go do something nice in the community. <laughs> but the big decisions are made over here, right? Right. right. And it's like, that's not enough. Right. The people who who are who are most affected need to be at the big table and not right. just at the big table, but at the head of the big table, right? And and making the decisions. Um and, and really working with people from institutions to make so really changing the the balance of power um from um kind of an institutional control to the people most affected, really controlling what happens and driving what happens with institutions in support of that. Well, just like the program that you have with, uh, again, the Step Up to University Hospital in partnering with the institutions. Right. And then um, you have uh, uh, the uh, City Repair Program as well, too. Right, right. right. Well, the City Repair Program got something extraordinary done. Could you talk about that? Yeah, so City Repair, <laughs> a few years ago... Uh, so City Repair is a group of community members who come together and they wanted to do public art, reclaim public space. So intersections, vacant lots, other places that they could take and say sidewalks and say, this is a place for us to get together, alleys. And so they we had someone come in to kind of inspire folks from, it was based out of Portland, Oregon, uh, Mark Lakeman and Marisha Auerbach. They came in to talk, and then people were really excited about it and ready to get out there and do something, right? So they, yeah. so three groups kind of emerged, the pilot groups. One was in uh, Buckeye, Shaker Square. It's called Bridging the Tracks. Another was in um, Stockyards called Newark Court. And then there was a third with a group of youth in Stockyards off of uh, Clark and 61st. Um, and so those three groups got started, and they came up with these designs, and they worked with some local artists um, and permaculture uh, folks, and they uh, came up with these beautiful designs to paint intersections, mm-hmm. right, that really told the story of the neighborhood, or to paint a bridge that connected Buckeye to Larchmere, which, yeah. you know, there's which a- I got a chance to see that. That was nice. Yeah, there's a historic divide there. So, so, so then the city said, well, you know, there's, you can't paint the street. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and so- 
And so people are like, for you. well, we didn't. Yeah. So we, we were like, what do you mean we can't paint the street? So, uh, so one was a vacant alley, right. That had been a newer court. That Which is the, beautiful now. Yeah. That the com- community had kind of cleaned up and fixed up and it was abandoned by the city. And so they said, well, what can we do? If we can't paint this, what can we do? So they painted along the private property, along the edge, right? So right. along the walls of the fences. Same in the one on 61st and Clark, they did the same thing. And in and Buckeye, Larchmere, they did the same. Yeah. So they did something there to kind of show the unity of the street and the connectedness and creating that space for people to come together. The other thing they did is they, they connected with... Uh, people with the city who were backers of this. So like Joe Councilman Simperman and Councilman Zone and Cummins and a few others. Get everybody on the same page. Yeah, Councilwoman Cleveland and said, how do we do this um, to get legislation passed? So that, you know, working with the City Planning Commission and some others uh, got legislation passed to paint alleys and courts. That's awesome. And so the first one was painted uh, this this summer. Yeah. So it just got finished over at Newark Court. So if you ever go over to Newark Court okay. off of uh, 38th um, and Newark, I, it's kind of it's in the stockyards, Clark Fulton neighborhood. Okay. If you ever over there, you can see it. It's a river, a little stream painted down the middle of uh, the alley, and it's beautiful. Oh, and that's it's a, nice. you know, so. And also, too, a, a Gwen's project over here by uh, with the old juvenile court building. Yeah, so I, I Gwen, saw that this morning. It looks yeah. lovely. Yeah, so Gwen Garth, who's our artist in residence and who was behind a lot of the work we did on a project a few years ago, along with some of our staff, like Danielle Price. Um, was called Make Art Talk Race. And so it was bringing people together to talk about race. Yeah, yeah I was um, on the committee too. <laughs> yeah, you were involved in that. Really, talk about yeah. race while also yeah. making art. And um, and so they did that and it was really successful. And um, so Gwen used that with uh, the campus district with Kayla Geschke, who's yeah. a Neighbor Up member. And mm-hmm. they um, did that and then they painted this bridge that connects um, well, Central really good. to downtown. Yeah, so right over, right over the highway, the inner belt. Well, now neighborhood connections has been in, uh, going strong now for thirteen years. What do you see in the future for neighborhood connections? Well, I think it's really about the demand of the people. So, how do we expand the spaces where people can come together and say, "This is what we want," and "This is what I'm willing to do to make that happen." And so, how does that expand? Um, it's really about you know people having the opportunity to make personal change in their life. It's about people changing their community, and it's also about making big change on systems, mm-hmm. right? And we've started, just started with some of the system stuff. Like that's a, city repair is a yeah. systems change. It's not a huge systems change, but, but it is. But it's significant, it's major. Yeah, university hospitals is another one, right? Like the way they hire people now yes. has changed as a result of this work. And so we're trying to do more and more of that around, uh, on different issues, whether it's healthcare, whether it's around education, whether it's around um, how institutions carry themselves with the community, right? Right. All of those, whether it's around racial justice, right, and racism, equity, and inclusion, and those things as well. I think it's all of those things, and saying again, how do how do the how can we um, really support everyday people, and by that I mean people who live in the community, re- residents, really drive the change, right, in effective, efficient ways that. Are also creative and and owned by owned by the people most affected, and that is a change. And that in and of itself is a huge culture change. Yes, it is. Right, and that's what we're <laughs> trying to do. So we want this to spread. We want this to be really a powerful force, right? 
and and we're working with other organizations too, like the Greater Cleveland Congregations. Right. We've become members of the Greater Cleveland Congregations, so we, we're trying to connect. Yeah, they're, they're doing a lot as well too. Yeah, so we're trying to connect with them on some of the bigger structural issues that are statewide yeah, issues. because I know that they're doing, um, I was... Uh, listening to Pastor Colvin. So they've been out doing voter registration. Yeah, get out Particularly in the Fairfax neighborhood. That's right, right. And then uh, um, Cure, another organization locally, um, Communities United for Responsible Energy around uh, public transit, right? So so those are, how do we connect people to both do like the self-help kind of things, uh, the connections with institutions to change how they do business, and then do more of the traditional organizing that has been done over the years to like push, you know, um, issues at the statewide or national level. And and also too, just uh, to keep out there on a grassroots level. I'm always talking to people about neighborhood connections all the time, and and I find that uh, I'm letting a lot of people are surprised. You know, those of us who have been involved grassroots, but there are a lot of people who still don't know there about are. the great opportunities. There are. So I, I definitely feel a responsibility to keep talking you guys up. <laughs> That's good. Keep talking it up. I mean, I picture it as like a health club, you yeah. know, and people can come and join and it's free. So there's no cost and they can decide what they want to do. So if they really want to go in and say lift weights, they can go and lift weights. If they want to swim, they can swim. If they want to play right. tennis, they can play tennis or whatever. The, uh, we don't do that stuff. But, <laughs> right, I know what you mean. But it's the same you idea. Do good, right. Yeah, so There's if someone vehicle, wants to come right. in and connect with other people to do some personal work, they right. can do that. If they want to work on their community, their neighborhood, the place, they can do that. If they want to work on the systems level issues, they can do that, right? People have choice. And they can decide how they want to spend their time. And, and Neighborhood Connections gives people the opportunity to exercise their choice to do good. That's right. To support them in that. Exactly. That's right. That's right. Well, Mr. O'Brien, I want to thank you for visiting with us today. It has been my pleasure. Oh, it's good. I'm glad to be here. I remember our first conversation, conversation right? Michael's Diner in right, Shaker exactly. Square. And we were like, you know, you know, talking about getting it started or, you know, what do we do? And there's so many voices out here and, you yeah. know, how do we get above the fray and what That's have right. you. That's but right. That's right. I'm, 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 I think that we're going to do very well. I agree. And I'm and, glad you've taken this on. Well, it's good to have you. Thank as you. I appreciate it. I'm having doing fun. This. Good. I'm being myself. Good. <laughs> Well, I want to encourage our listeners to come to Neighbor Up Network Night. The gatherings are held the first Thursday of every month at 1919 East 107th Street from 6 to 8 p.m. Parking and dinner included. You can't beat that. No, you can't. It's fabulous. I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in today. Please join us next time as we continue our conversations with Cleveland residents who are making positive contributions to their neighborhood and our city. If you have a great idea and want to do something positive for your neighborhood, contact Neighborhood Connections at 216-361-0042 or send us an email at www.neighborhoodgrants.org and like us on Facebook. Get informed. Get involved. Neighbor Up. I'm Carol Malone, your host. Thank you for joining us today. Neighbor Up Spotlight is sponsored by Neighborhood Connections and the Cleveland Foundation in association with Bad Racket Recording Studios. Executive producer, creator, writer, host, Carol Malone. Co-producer, Lila Mills. Co-producer, engineer, Henry Rapp. Neighbor Up Cleveland.